4: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The
3: best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
4: Hopefully, having conversations like
1: this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
3: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
1: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
2: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: What is up, Straight Fire fam? It is me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, July 19th, the Home Run Derby. That was fire, huh? Hope you guys enjoyed that, Dodger Stadium. A little overpriced, so I did not make an appearance. I know Fox has it. Jason, why didn't you get tickets? Probably should have. Uh, should have leaned on the uh, the corporate overlords, but did not, and the Home Run Derby went off. Packed Dodger Stadium. Congrats to Juan Soto. I know not a lot of people are into the Home Run Derby. I, myself, did not. was not glued to the television for it. I was actually playing tennis in a tune-up for a tennis tournament I entered this weekend. A quick sidetrack before I get to baseball and our guest. Um, I played in a tennis tournament in 2019. and I got to the semifinals and ran into the guy who ended up winning it, who was sandbagging. He was a 4.0 playing in the three fives and just destroyed everybody. Did not lose a set. I don't, I think the, you know, I, I lost six, two, six, one. I think maybe one person pushed him to six, three, but I don't know. Anyway, so it was canceled in 2020 due to COVID and then I entered it last year and I made the semifinals and I'm, I'm, I've told this on the podcast before I was leading four to one in the first set. And in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, you know, geez, I'm gonna have to, have to shake up my Sunday schedule. Uh, cause I'm playing in the championship obviously. And I had, you know, my family was there and a couple buddies and I melted down and it still to this day, I can see it in my head. I was livid. I was playing a guy much younger. I think he was like 27 years old you know he's like six two, and he played basically my game, but he just did it a little better than me, and uh, and he beat me. And I was I was so wrecked I didn't play tennis for the longest time. So I played yesterday. I played a couple weeks ago. And listen, I'm playing good. It's like when you play a lot, you kind of overthink it. And I wasn't overthinking it yesterday. I played great, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I I not no expectations. I will not feel like I regressed if I lose in the first or second round. Um, my, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a wall. I'm going to get to everything. I'm going to hustle and, you know, occasionally I hit some winners. I'll, I'll time it out, but, um, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm not a great tennis player, um, by any stretch, I guess for my age and being like a weekend warrior type guy, I'm okay, but we'll see how that goes. At any rate, I played tennis instead of watching most of the home run derby. Juan Soto wins it. And the interesting storyline there for national fans is Soto is one of the best players in baseball. He helped the nationals win the world series a couple, a few years ago. And earlier this month, he turned down, turned down 15 years, 444 million. Yes, that that's correct. 15 for 440 million. That's ridiculous money. I mean, that's, you can't even put that in context. He said no to that. And the expectation is he's traded by the end of the month, so everybody's of course speculating: Dodgers, Yankees, who's going to break the bank for Juan Soto? Should be fun. Soto beat out um, J Rod, this young kid on the Mariners, who I am—I have to admit that I'm not very familiar with Juan. Uh, sorry, Julio Rodriguez. Um, he—he's been on fire. I mean, this kid is. Uh, one, of, one of the best young players in baseball. Mariners have won 14 straight. We'll talk about the Mariners shortly. The funniest note I saw on this was the guy who won it the last two years was Pete Alonzo. And Pete Alonzo, of course, playing plays for the Mets. And the funniest thing I saw was Pete Alonzo was eliminated before the finals, a.k.a. the Mets' second half collapse has begun. Mets, of course, exceeded expectations in the first half. They are notorious choke artists and really nobody thinks that the Mets are going to keep this up. All that being said, Major League Baseball, I don't know if a phone call can push you over the top, but according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo, yes, Chris Haynes, the NBA uh, reporter, a phone call in the NBA nearly led this podcast over the MLB All-Star game. According to Chris Haynes of Yahoo, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook got on the phone this weekend to confirm their commitment to each other through the uncertainty, according to Chris Haynes. Now, nothing from Woj on this, nothing from Shams, but Chris Haynes is very connected with the players. Obviously, he's super close with uh, Debbie Lillard, but he also has a clear connection to LeBron James and... This is, I mean, there's not much here other than they had a phone conversation the first weekend of NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Actually, first weekend of Summer League in Vegas, that doesn't mean it was this weekend. That means it was a little while ago. But that makes it odd. If the timing of Haynes' story is accurate, that makes the LeBron versus Westbrook kind of, icy moment. You remember when at the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend where Isaiah Thomas iced out Jordan and like wouldn't talk to him and wouldn't shake his hand, wouldn't pass him the ball. There was a vibe of that with LeBron and Westbrook in the Vegas Summer League. If you go back to Monday's podcast and listen to our guest, he was in the building. Mark Medina was there. Um, and, and a lot of reporters witnessed it. LeBron and Russ did not talk. But now Chris Haynes is saying they had a phone call to express their commitment I I don't know what that means, guys. I'm trying to get my decoder ring out to understand what's going on in the NBA. I don't. I don't. I still don't know why Kevin Durant asked for a trade. You know, I don't know why the Lakers wouldn't get in bed with Kyrie Irving. I I don't know. I know I'm supposed to have this strong take. You guys already know I'm anti-Kyrie Irving. I'm just I don't want him with the Lakers. Russ was pretty bad. Yeah, I'll, uh, totally admit that. That no doubt, and nobody can say he was good. And I don't know what this phone call means. I, I my guess is the Lakers genie bus says no. The Lakers hold firm, and Kyrie and Kevin Durant start the season in Brooklyn. I still think if the Lakers are healthy, specifically Anthony Davis, I don't see why it can't work. Russell Westbrook coming off the bench, be the sixth man, run the second unit. He, You can't have a non-shooter on the floor with LeBron. It's just not going to work. So I, I'm, I'm holding out hope that I am right, and LeBron stays with AD and Russell Westbrook. Just say no to Kyrie Irving. All right, let's get to our guest. He covers uh, a lot of baseball, writes about it for Fox Sports. He's on TV with Bally Sports. He does some stuff with a show I used to do over at FanDuel, More Ways to Win, Edward Egros. Here it is, talking MLB second-half preview.
6: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! Coming!
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
0: I know what sports fans want.
2: But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does.
0: Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
5: All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, a guy you know. He is basically who I turn to for baseball. He's a great follow. He does football as well, basketball, big numbers guy, Edward Egros. Did I say your name right, Ed? Edward Egros. Egros, yeah. I mean, I've known you for, what, four years now, and I'm butchering your last name.
2: Hey, um, you know, it's 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 fine. No no big deal, J-Mac. <laughs> it's fine. No biggie. Just
5: fine. Uh, so how excited are you for the All-Star Game?
2: Oh, to, to live in L.A., to, yeah. to be a part of the vibe in L.A., having the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby in L.A., uh, it's fantastic. And you can tell that different major cities sort of appreciate this experience much more so than others. And Los Angeles has been fantastic. There's been a special vibe around the city. Nothing like it. I'm stoked.
5: Yeah, it helps that the Dodgers, as usual, are dominating. Uh, And uh, listen, we'll get to a Yankees-Dodgers potential World Series in a moment. But I'm curious, your first half like assessment of the league Outside of the Yankees and Dodgers, like what what do you think has been like the Mets are a bit of a surprise? I think Uh, I know you're, you know, a, a big numbers guy. Do any numbers kind of tell the story that the standings do not?
2: I'll get to the standings in just a bit, but I think it's really important to kind of analyze the state of baseball right now and then kind of get into the standings as far as who has taken advantage of that and who has struggled because of it. One of the things that I've noticed in terms of looking at offensive output is batting average is on a slight increase. Hmm. Weighted on base average is slightly on an increase. But where there's been significant decline is actually the number of home runs hit this year. And you think about this analytical era that we are in concerning baseball, where guys are swinging for the fences pretty much every time they're at bat. And we're seeing fewer home runs. I mean, we're seeing balls dying out there, uh, you know, trying to get through the outfield, whatever the case may be. And this is becoming a a significant trend. And even though it has picked up just a little bit because we are in the warmer months, we're not seeing that many home runs. And especially when we Mm -hmm. get to say September and then October for the postseason, I think that home run trend is going to go down even more so than it naturally does. And I bring this up first and foremost, because When you look at the teams that are doing well in the standings, pitching seems to be a little bit more important than it normally is. And it's one of the reasons why when you talk about, say, the Mets, if Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer can stay healthy, then absolutely they're going to be a serious contender. And it's something where their manufacturing runs perhaps a little bit more than, say, most other ball clubs but it's really the pitching that matters a great deal. The Dodgers are perhaps in a more advantageous position because they've always had fantastic pitching. Uh, But, you know, Tony Gonsolin has kind of come out of nowhere and they're now a serious threat. So, What's interesting is that pitching matters just a little bit more this season than, say, in seasons past. Hmm. And I think the standings are kind of reflecting that as far as the teams that maybe don't have as much power uh, still being able to contend. Like the Padres would be another great example. Offensively, you know, they have a lot of question marks. Not having Tatis is one of the big reasons why. But you look at that starting rotation with you Darvish and, you know, Joe Musgrove, a Cy Young contender. Uh, It's quite for Sean Maniah is another one. Very, uh, very fantastic starting rotation. And that's why they are a contender, much more so than they have been in seasons past.
5: Any theories as to why the home runs are down? Because I remember, weren't there a lot of juiced ball stories last year? And people were talking about, oh, it's a, everybody's just hacking. It's home run or strikeout. That's all anybody wants. What do you, any theories as to what may be happening?
2: I think one of the things that is being bandied about is the humidor thing, where baseballs are being stored and climate control things so to speak and then when they come out of these humidors then the balls tend to expand just a little bit and it's a little bit harder to hit uh you know you're you're hearing ideas about uh you you hit a ball so hard it starts to dent and then when it dents so to speak then it can't fly as far and there have been a couple of other things as well that you can point to as far as the manufacturing of baseballs and, and things like that but for the most part it's this humidor situation where they're trying to make baseballs uh you know even as far as how they are put together, how well they can fly, things like that. And it's becoming a bit of a problem. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, some ballparks historically beyond just if it's hot or cold dome, not a dome where they are situation situated is in a warm weather area, a cold weather area that has mattered a good bit as far as how far baseballs can fly. But because they're trying to put everything on an even playing field, we're getting fewer home runs as a result.
5: Interesting, because I know in the NFL and the NBA, offense has been what put butts in the seats, right? That's why the NBA adjusted the rules. And we know in the NFL, the offensive teams, people love to see them. They want scoring. So in baseball, are they this humidor? Is there a conspiracy theory that, man, they're, they're trying to take down the home runs and uh, make it more, you know, strategy and uh, and pitching? And doesn't that wouldn't that technically hurt baseball? Because people love a home run.
2: They do love home runs, but you can't have too much of a good thing right and I think that's something to to sort of keep in mind I don't necessarily believe in conspiracy theories that Major League Baseball (laughs) is trying to do these subtle things to sort of suppress home run totals because you know what's one of the great storylines in baseball this year it's Aaron Judge and you know especially with what he did against Boston over the weekend he's someone who is trying to go after 60 home runs this year and certainly 50 is more than achievable for him given his history given the uh torrid start that He's had, And I think fans really do want to see that. And so I'm not so much concerned about baseball necessarily conspiring against home run hitters. I think it's just more so trying to even the playing field so that we don't have uh, ball clubs coming in and complaining about, you know, one team having a decided advantage versus another, especially when you get into postseason action when the games are uh, fewer and far between. I, I think that's probably the bigger issue as opposed to say trying to adjust what we're watching
5: yeah i'm go I'm going back in the uh the numbers here it looks like 2017 Stanton hit 59 and um judge hit 52 so that was the last time anybody really approached 60. um I guess your thoughts on Aaron judge is like just the, the phenomenon that he is uh, pretty clearly best player in baseball right now right
2: Well, I'm sorry.
5: Outside of (laughs) who's doing it at both, you know, both ends. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, like,
2: as far as hitting is concerned, then yes, Aaron judge is very much the guy, Uh, you know, someone who, you know, follows the angels a lot and covers them, uh, you know, a good bit as well. You know, I, I might beg to differ as far as who the best player is, but uh, as far as Aaron judge is concerned, uh, yes, what he's doing is just phenomenal. Also a great defender too. You know, let's, let's not forget that part. And that's one of the reasons why he's in the, uh, AL MVP conversation is because he is a solid defender in the outfield, but it's as bad. That's really what's, uh, you know, putting Yankees uh, fans in the seats, so to speak. It's fantastic to, to, to watch him hit in large part because he can do so many different things. Uh, you know, he's not waiting on just one pitch. He has a, you know, a wide repertoire in terms of what he's looking for. You, you look at, you know, league wide standings, uh, pitchers are throwing fewer fastballs. They're, they're trying to, you know, do different tricky things, uh, use you know larger arsenals, try and outthink hitters, things like that. And even though Aaron Judge is still a relatively young guy, you can't really outthink him, so to speak. He knows what to expect, and he goes out there and hits it. And I think that's been the most impressive part, in addition to just being super strong.
5: All right, so let's go to Otani now, who is the greatest story, I would say, in baseball. Um, I, the guy's just phenomenal. I mean, let's, when, when he came over, did you think we would see someone this awesome, or was it more like... All right, let's see if he can do it. And now that he's doing it two years in a row, I mean, the guy's he's really fun to watch.
2: I certainly didn't have any expectations that we would see something like this. And the fact that he is in the MVP conversation for two consecutive years, despite the fact that the rest of his ball club has had some serious struggles, that that has been, you know, even more so impressive. What's interesting about this year compared with last year is that, yes, you can certainly make the argument that Otani is not having as great of a season now as he did in 2021, but you also have to sort of balance the scale. So to speak last year, his hitting was phenomenal. One of the great power hitters in baseball. I think he finished, you know, top three, top five and expected Woba, something like that. Uh, This year, the hitting is not as good but I would argue the pitching is a good bit better. His strikeout numbers are about as good as anybody's in baseball. And, you know, he's doing it with a slightly different, uh, you know, pitching arsenal. I think last year is, you know, about it was all about, you know, sinkers, splitters, you know, sort of getting lower on the strike zone. And now he's, you know, looking at sliders and other kinds of pitches. He's adjusting and updating his repertoire hmm. to where he is even more impactful. I mean, is
5: this the kind of thing that you think? Given what he's been able to accomplish, we'll maybe see more pitcher hitters down the road. Is it because I know baseball had been long closed off to that idea. You think we'll see any of these type players who can do both going forward?
2: I may be in the minority as far as this is concerned, but I actually do think that we're going to see more people at least attempt this. And there are a couple there. There are two ways that we get to this point. Number one If you think about sort of the state of the game right now, I think more ball clubs are likelier to not so much surrender or give up, but at least concede the fact that they're probably not going to win a baseball game. And so they don't need to throw their primo relievers out there in key situations. I think what we might see are position players who are pitching a good bit more, but the pitching is of a higher quality. When you think about a position player pitching, you think, okay, it's a 12-1 blowout, and there's really no point in throwing a good arm out there, Mm -hmm. so let's get a first baseman out there who can at least throw it 60 miles per hour and just (laughs) get out of this baseball game. I actually think what we're going to see are four-run deficits – Where, say, an outfielder or someone on the left side of the infield comes in and throws maybe 80, 85, something like that, where the pitching isn't elite, but it's enough to at least get through those later innings and, you know, at least just survive and get through it without wasting an arm for the rest of the series. I think that's probably likelier to happen, so we are going to see more two-way players, but it's not going to be the same ilk of Shohei Otani. The second way we get to this point is sort of at the grassroots level where you see guys, you know, kids, coaches, whomever, watching Shohei Otani and saying, you know what, this is actually conceivable. This is feasible. Now, you can't play any other sport and you have to do all these various things and maybe you have to sort of give an, an added commitment financially with your time, whatever it is, but... I do think that at some point there are going to be more candidates trying to get out there, bucking the system, creating their own systems and teams and leagues and whatever, trying to at least create their own Shohei Otani. And I I do believe that once enough people make that attempt, someone will be successful in doing so. But again, it's a very high bar to meet and it might take a while, but I think eventually someone else will at least come close.
6: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. (laughs)
3: So follow The 7 right now.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Some 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Biggest
5: surprises, Ed, in baseball this year. Would you go Mariners, given they are in the mix for the wild card, or the Baltimore Orioles, who somehow are 500- I believe they're approaching their over-under win total, um, and they might hit it here in the next like, week or two.
2: It, it, it is amazing. I mean, Seattle's been a great story, but you think about last season, uh, they were more about fun differential than run differential. They were roughly a 500-ball <laughs> club, but we were talking about them potentially making the postseason. And I think because you're adding a wild card with each league, they were certainly likelier to make the postseason in the first place, and so they've certainly been a great story. But as far as what's surprising to me, I feel like it's more on the other end of the spectrum. I have been, you know, strangely disappointed in the White Sox. This was a ball club that I seriously thought was going to run away with the AL Central and be in contention with the Astros and the Yankees uh, to get one of those uh, two first round buys. And instead, they're under 500 at this point or roughly around 500. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Minnesota is the one that's uh, running away with this division. And by my projections, the White Sox, aren't even making the postseason. That, to me, is an absolute shock. And so they're probably the biggest surprise to me because I thought they would be in a much better position than they are now.
5: Uh, From a gambling perspective, do you think, would you advise people, hey, man, like you said, for fun, Mariners, Orioles, put some pizza money to make the playoffs. Obviously, their numbers aren't great like they were, you know, back before the season, uh, and you're not getting the best number. But, you know, something to get excited about in July and August it, would you back the Mariners or Orioles to make the postseason?
2: The Mariners, I absolutely would, because I think when you specifically look at the American League, there just aren't that many ball clubs on the lower end of, say, the wildcard standings who I think can really contend. Certainly, when you look at the American League East, you have a lot of teams out there that are decent to very, very good. The Red Sox are, are sort of on that cusp. The Rays are on that cusp. But I do think the Blue Jays, they're probably getting that first wild card spot. And they, that makes total sense. When you look at the hitting, the pitching is starting to come around as well. I think Toronto is kind of a safe bet as far as that's concerned. But when you're looking at the second and third wild card spots, absolutely Seattle has a chance to win it. I don't feel too good about Baltimore, almost regardless of the number, because the division they're playing in yeah. is the best division in baseball. Four teams could very well make the postseason and mm-hmm. I don't think we would be surprised if four out of five make it there so for Baltimore to sort of surpass say Boston or Tampa Bay I, I I just don't see it at this point and granted you know how is Baltimore doing it you know part of it is very much pitching and that goes back to sort of the state of baseball right now is that Baltimore is taking advantage of conditions at just the right time but at some point this streak will wear down and I, I think we're sort of looking at, say, you know, 10, 12-game sample size and thinking that they can continue this in the second half. At some point, you know, we're going to get to the trade deadline. You know, they may you know, look at what their assets are and kind of evaluate where they are and realize, okay, we need to think about the future because we are getting close, but we're certainly not in a situation to buy anything because we are just that far behind everybody else who will also be buyers.
5: Yeah. Uh, speaking of buying and selling, would you buy the Padres now? Tatis expected to return from the wrist surgery kind of sort of soon, maybe end of the month. But they're right in the playoff mix. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe they're, they're a little undervalued at this point or, or disagree or where are you on, on the Padres?
2: They are undervalued. Uh, they, they certainly are. I, I do have some questions because the deficit is so great in the National League West of them surpassing the Dodgers. Yeah. You know, the Dodgers are a juggernaut. They're going to make another move. They're, they're going to be just fine as far as that's concerned. And I, I thought it would be a little bit closer up to this point. It's not whatever. But when you look at the Padres, the, the pitching has been just fantastic. We mentioned those guys before. And when you bring Tatis back in, One of the things that the Padres hitters have have really been missing is just a good good bit of pop, some power. Uh, You know, you look at some preseason projections, Tatis was expected to hit 35 home runs, which is, you know, quite good, you know, all things considered. Um, And and he's certainly not going to, you know, have some gaudy home run total, given that he'll only be playing two months at best. But at the same time, that power just hasn't been there. And so it's quite possible that Tatis comes back as an outfielder where they're probably thinnest Padres will be making some kind of a move to sort of supplement. Probably the outfield, probably get another bat, something of the sort, maybe a reliever. But if you add some power to that mix, then all of a sudden the Padres are almost quite at the same level as some of the elite teams in the national league. And That starting pitching that we talked about, you look at expected fielding, independent pitching, they're right there with the Mets and the Giants, maybe a little bit behind, but not so far behind to where they can't make it up for a couple of good bats and sort of getting hot at the right time.
5: Yeah, I do wonder, uh, Tatis and the continual injuries, what's the deal? Do we know why he's always hurt?
2: I, I, you know, that's a very good question. And, you know, sometimes there's information that, that you don't, you aren't necessarily privy to as far as what's mm-hmm. going on, but it, specifically when it comes to this particular injury, the timeline is about right. I yeah. think perhaps some people were, were voicing a little bit too much optimism as far mm-hmm. as when he could return. But if you look at say other injuries, uh, similar to his, it's about right as far as how long he's been out.
5: Uh, let's quickly talk about old guys, Albert Pujols, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw's not that old. I was fortunate enough to see him a couple Saturdays ago at Dodger Stadium. I mean, the guy's still incredible. Mm-hmm. But I had a bu- another buddy say, listen, look at his contract and he's getting old. Like if they win the World Series, does he walk off? Like, I don't What's your vibe on Kershaw and Pujols?
2: Well, when it comes to Kershaw, certainly his fastball doesn't have the same velocity as it once did, but sometimes the older guys can make up for it by being just a little bit smarter and perhaps going to other pitches, and that's certainly what Kershaw has done. You saw what he did against the Angels. And uh, it, it was certainly something where elite Kershaw certainly still exists. And I feel oh, like yeah. that he's enough of a competitor uh, to where, you know, even if the Dodgers win the world series this year, yes, he is a little bit older, but I still feel like that competitive drive is still there. Maybe I'm wrong perhaps, but th- there are enough reasons where he could still go out there and perform. And, you know, maybe it's not in a Dodger uniform. I mean, who no. who's to say? I, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, these things happen, right? Like someone sort of overstays their welcome. It's hard to say, but you know, when it comes to Kershaw, okay, fine. The, the skills have waned just a tad, but I I feel like, you know, it's not to the point where it's embarrassing. Like he can, he can go deep into games. Mm -hmm. And I think that stamina leads me to believe that he can still do this for a little while in in whatever capacity that may be. So that's going to be the big question. But as far as uh, Pujols is concerned, you know, the, the hitting isn't quite there. I mean, the batting average is a little bit low. He can still get a few home runs out there. I think the Derby is a nice uh, honor for him. And certainly mm-hmm. he's done some fantastic things in baseball. Yes, he's a future Hall of Famer. You know, is he going to get to 700 home runs? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just don't think they're going to be enough opportunities. And also too, the Cardinals are very much in, in the hunt for making the postseason. And so I think there's also that that st louis needs to be mindful of and and they also have some good hitters and so do you really want to subject Pujols to uh you know chasing a record when the cardinals are going after that third wild card spot you know trying to take down the phillies uh getting there i i i feel like that that balance of being competitive versus uh you know giving Pujols enough opportunities I, i i feel like the the competitive part wins out
5: yeah. Uh, j- just to circle back on on Kershaw, it, not in a Dodgers uniform would stun me. Now, he's a Dallas yeah. guy. Everybody talks about, you know, the famous high school he went to with all these other athletes. Highland Park. Um, no. y- you went there? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh OK. You're, no, I know I, you spent some when time. I went to Texas. SMU,
2: Highland Park was like within walking distance. And so I got to hear all sorts of great stories about uh, uh, Kershaw and Matthew Stafford and all those. Right. Guys.
5: What do you think he could end up with like the Texas Rangers to close out his career or something like that?
2: I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much that means to him. Uh, you know, I know that he has endeared himself to Dodger fans. Yeah. So it may very well be something where he wants to you know stick around as much as possible, and there, there are some ways to do that and finagle that. So I mean, it, it's hard for me to say. And you know, certainly it would be weird to see him not be in a Dodger uniform. Yeah. Very. It, it would be strange. And and I don't think that will happen. But I, it's not what. It's within the realm of possibilities uh, in mm. large part because the, the Dodgers, you know, they're going to be competitive for a long time, and they want to make sure that that starting rotation is the absolute best in baseball. For the most part, it's been year in and year out, and if Kershaw's skills wane to a certain point and he's not ready to retire, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but... Mm. At the same time, you know, there's there's legacy and all those other things that you have to keep in mind. And so yeah. it, it, it's a tough position to be in, but it may not be something what we need to worry about anytime soon.
5: I'm just trying to think like 34 for a pitcher. Uh, is that considered near the end? Or I mean, uh, historically, I don't know how long pitchers go. I know we know hitters can last stick around for a long, much longer. What about 34 years old? Is that considered near the end?
2: Sure. Hitters, you know, they can get into their 40s and still be serviceable. I mean, we saw Randy Johnson uh, get to be 40, 41, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to look that up. But I want to say that 40 was around the right number for him. So Kershaw's, you know... If, if he is pitching as, as wisely as you would expect him to, it, it's, it's certainly something where he may have a few more good years left in him. I, I mean, pitchers are a little bit harder to project because it's a little bit more volatile, whereas uh, hitters kind of wane at roughly the same rate across the board. But with pitchers, It could very well be, you know, one bad injury or one setback or one pitch in your arsenal not working, and then it throws the whole thing off. And so it's a little bit tougher to sort of handicap his chances going forward. Uh, And and that may be something that Kershaw sort of keeps in mind as far as, you know, when he wants to hang it up. I, I don't get the sense he wants to do it anytime soon. Maybe others closer to him have a better idea. Uh, but at this rate, it, it's still fun to watch him pitch, and he certainly still has it.
5: Yeah. All right, Edward. Uh, you still work with Bally's and FanDuel? I mean, the guy's he's got more checks than, uh, than I do at this <laughs> point. Uh, he's just cleaning up. Continued success, Ed. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Thank you so much. My pleasure. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
4: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
6: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card...
3: Hey, this looks amazing!